This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. I've personally never tried therapy, but I've heard from friends it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Waypoint to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Waypoint. ButcherBox makes it super easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty. And ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your front door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use code WP. Last week we talked with a turkey veteran, today we're taking a different approach. A lot of my friends would know Cash Daniel as the standout linebacker who played for the University of Kentucky. What many people may not know is this guy is turkey obsessed. Now, Cash is not the turkey slayer Tony is from last week, it's hard to be at that level. But this guy's put in some serious time chasing those mountain easterns and birds from all over the country. We're going to talk about the differences he's noticed between mountain birds versus other species, decoys or no decoys, calling strategies, his shotgun setup, and his favorite turkey calls. Turkeys are tricky animals to hunt, you have to be ready to run the option, and this show is going to give you some ideas on how to do just that. I want to remind you really quick that if you still need some gear for turkey season, we have a ton of it on Go Wild Direct. That's ranging from a lot of products to your mossy oak leafy pullover to your rocky boots. We've even got these Garmin inReach minis, which can serve as a safety device. It's an SOS, it's navigation, it's texting. Awesome little product to pick up before turkey season hits. Not only can you get free shipping on these products, but you can actually save 10% right now by using code NWTF10, NWTF10. If you use that code, we're going to donate 50% of the proceeds from that purchase to the National Wild Turkey Federation. So not only do you get free shipping and a discount, you get to donate to an organization that's fighting for conservation. All right, let's talk about how to sack a gobbler this season. This is Gearbox Talk with Cash Daniel. Cash, we got a fellow Kentuckian on here, man. How's it going? Hey, man. You know, a lot of people who haven't been to Kentucky don't realize how diverse the landscape is from eastern Kentucky out to western Kentucky. You're hanging out in central Kentucky right now, and that's where you've done a lot of turkey hunting. But you were just, we and you were just both talking about our experiences in hunting 
turkeys in eastern Kentucky, and I'm in southeastern. You're, you're hitting more eastern side, but it sounds like the bird behavior is pretty similar along the Appalachian Mountains. Can you tell me a, a little bit about your experience there in hunting uh, those those mountain birds versus more like the private farmlands you're hitting in, in horse country? Yeah, man, and just to, to put everything in kind of like a, you know, a better scenario here, I, just to, first off, I think that not only is a mountain bird one of the hardest, you know, birds to kill, but overall, you know, just an eastern wild turkey, I believe, is the hardest out of the group to kill. You know, I've hunted Osceolas, I've hunted Easterns, I've hunted Rios, I've hunted Merriams, and I'm hands down, an eastern wild turkey is the hardest to kill anywhere you're hunting Easterns. But if you're hunting an eastern in the Appalachian Mountains, like East Kentucky, East Tennessee, you know, western West Virginia, you know, western uh, western state of Virginia, uh, you know, it can get pretty hard, man. I mean, them mountains are, you know, straight up and down. And, you know, just like I was talking about with you, I've, um, you know, I've been turkey hunting, you know, mostly all my life. And, you know, I've never been able to or hear of anybody be able to call a turkey, you know, a full time all the way down a hill. I've just never been able to uh, see it happen. But and, you know, last year uh, fully going out, um, you know, fully at it for the first time really in my life since, you know, because I always had spring ball, you know, or something with baseball in high school or something that kind of kept me half and half from turkey season and sports. But Last year was the fully the, the first uh, first time I actually got to get into it heavy, and it was every day I was going and I was learning something each and every day, no matter where I was hunting. But the one thing that I did learn was that you have to find a strut zone for these birds in these mountains. You, I mean, they they could, they only come so far. I don't care if you got decoys out or what else you got out. You can probably have corn, yeah, and they still probably wouldn't come downhill. But um, you got to find their strut zone. You either got to get up and, you know, outflank them, get them, get above them early in the morning and have them come up to you. Or, you know, uh, you know, halfway through one time, the, the one bird that I killed this year, I had success was uh, halfway up the hill and I found a logging road, you know, where typically times where I'd go after them again, they would get hung up around the ridge up around there. But I knew I couldn't get them come all the way down the hill, but maybe I can get them come way halfway down. And uh, I got him come down on that logging road. So I would assume that that was their strut zone, you know, when hens were calling. So uh, that's how I killed my, my mountain bird last year. But yeah, man, it's just the difference between hunting a mountain bird and hunting a bird in here in central Kentucky is just, it's just unreal. It's just totally, totally different. Yeah. When I hunt them back home, I've always had people say like calling them, calling them downhill is a tough battle. And so the, the strategy for everybody is to try to get ahead of them or to get above them. And, uh, the success I've had back home has been in that scenario where, where they're coming up the hill. Um, you know, I've seen them come up and then they'll go, you know, a couple hundred yards along the ridge, um, before they kind of wander off. And, and, um, you know, the, in the mornings it does seem like they're always going up and I've asked other people about this too, and, and kind of heard a similar pattern there. Now on your, your farmland and, and in central Kentucky, for anybody that's not familiar with the landscape, like this is your traditional, uh, rolling horse farm, right? Like there's yeah. tree lines and stuff that, that you're going to hunt. I imagine it's a pretty good setup for your decoys, uh, with those tree, those tree lines that you're hunting. Is that when you're using your decoys the most? Yeah. You know, when, uh, it's like how we were talking before, you know, typically the style that I hunt, you know, I'm, I'm a running gun, uh, style Turkey hunter, it, unless like I was telling you, I know where a Turkey or two is, is roosting or, you know, specifically where their strut zones are for this, uh, for, you know, the past week or whatever. Uh, but for me, man, I just, I love being able to go out and go after the Turkey rather than like when you're deer hunting, you're standing in a deer stand or you're in a blind and you're kind of just sitting there and waiting and hoping something comes by when Turkey hunting and running gun, the way that style is, is that, Hey, 
you know, we get out of the truck, we walk, we hoot like an owl. If we get one fired up, we go after that bird. And then if that don't work out, we just keep going. You can holler off on another bird and keep going after different ones. That way you're not wasting, I think in my terms, you're not wasting your time out there. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. But, uh, you know, once we locate that bird, we'll go set up on it. And if it's a situation to where, uh, like, for example, uh, when I was in Florida last year, uh, we got out of the truck and we were walking the road and we hollered off and one bird sounded off and it was, you know, a couple, maybe a couple hundred yards away. So we were uh, just buckled down there, really didn't want to push that bird too much uh, and, you know, try to get right on top of it, kind of just let it work itself to us. Real soft on the calling at that point, you know, once you get them into that certain range, you, you, know, you almost want to just shut up and don't say anything and just kind of let them figure it out on their own. But just a couple soft purrs, a couple soft yelps here and there, you know, not not so often, you know, just you have a couple minutes in between. And then, you know, the decoy setup we had there was obviously just right in the middle uh, of the road when it's just in the, in the centrally when you're looking at it, like when you're hunting back in East Kentucky, when these, or not East Kentucky, but Central Kentucky with these horse farms, it's almost like the same situation we were hunting in Florida, except for hunting a road, we're hunting a field. And beside it are two tree lines mm-hmm. you know, going down this field that used to be, a, you know, maybe a you know a soybean field or just a field that, uh, you know, horses go out and uh, just eat grass or whatever. But it allows those birds to come out, you know, and kind of see what's going on. Yeah. Make sure that, hey, you know, I'm, they, I, I, and I tell this every year, turkeys get smarter every year, man. I'm, I just think they get smarter <laughs> every year. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a situation there to when I can put up, you know, the Jake or, you know, the full blown Tom or a, you know, a feeding hen. And at that time, if, you know, if, if one feels froggy, you know, he'll leap and he'll come out and he'll get his butt smoked. Yeah. What, uh, what decoys are you using? I think you got some on hand there. You're going to show. Yeah, so these are a couple of that, that I've picked up. This is a stand up Jake right here. And I was telling you earlier, um, some of the birds I was hunting last year. So this is a, I kind of did a little, little redneck ingenuity here on this one <laughs> and, uh, kind of, spray painted some white on here to kind of take away that full boss look. Uh, cause I think it's sometimes that even cause I have it paired up with a hen here, a stand up hen. Mm-hmm. I can lay it flat on the ground where I can stand it up. And the most success that I've seen is when I stick it up on the stick and it's not fully laying down. Yeah. I, for, for some reason, I just never had a success with a lay down hen and it originally didn't come like that. It's, it ain't got a hole or anything. Literally I just go out there and I find me a stick in the ground and just set it like that. <laughs> okay. And make it look like it's looking. Yeah. So I painted this just to make, just to try to, you know, look less intimidating, you know, for more birds to move in. But um, other than that, man, if it's not, if those don't work, I do like to fan a little bit. Fanning's probably one of my new, my new favorite ways to turkey hunt. Once I find a, find a bird in location, if I can't get him to fully commit, uh, me and Coach Grand had a problem with that last year when we went turkey hunting. Um, my old offensive coordinator from UK. We had a bird sitting up on top of this ridge, just making it circles around that ridge, spitting, drumming, hollering off at us. And we would crawl. You know, he had that fan up behind him or in front of him, and I was right behind him. He was uh, crawling and crawling and crawling. We got to about, I don't know, 30 yards of it. And then he was like, okay. He goes, when I drop this thing, you get ready to shoot. Well, he dropped it. I get ready to shoot. Gun goes click. Didn't, uh, I don't know what happened. I think when we were crawling, I must have, you know, jammed something or not jammed, but just jar something in there to where, uh, it didn't go off. But that's turkey out there. That's hunting in general. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I, I'm assuming you're not fanning much when you're out back home on public land. 
<laughs> we should probably put that disclaimer in there. I'm thinking about taking a full blown up Tom at that point. I might. I'm probably not even taking decoys when I'm hunting back on my public land. Yeah, yeah, dude. You and I were kind of talking about that before the show got started. Like, there's a certain point where I, I leave the decoys behind and might even be like trying to conceal the bird on the walkout <laughs> instead of over the shoulder. You don't get winged right there in the shoulder walking out. Yeah, man. Turkey season. Uh, you got to if you're new to this, you got to be especially curf- careful on. Um, you know. You, you can't wear orange or you're not supposed to. Uh, and so you want to be visible, uh, but don't be carrying that bird out of there like like a turkey's walking out. Um, all right, man, I wanted to to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, we kind of talked through your decoy strategy. Um, let's, let's talk through a little bit of um, concealment. And you're moving around. Sounds like you're not a fan of the blind. You like to, to run and gun. Do you have a vest that you prefer or, or how are you carrying around all your gear? Uh, so last year I ran with a uh, with an Alps Outdoors vest. It was probably like one of the nicest vests I ever had. It had a kickstand uh, for me as well. I used that a lot for turkey hunting, or not just turkey hunting, but coyote hunting as well. Um, but it was with Mossy Oak, and now I'm with uh, I'm with Real Tree, so I had to get rid of that one. But <laughs> um, I'm waiting on my new my new vest right now. I think it's just the standard uh, old Tom Turkey yeah uh, vest. You know that, that Tyler wore last year. And, um, you know, it's just, I don't need a lot of things, you know, for me, I just needed a spot for my slate call and my stick, uh, and, you know, maybe a place to put my phone. That's about the only, only thing really I need. I got all, all the, uh, all my bullets in the chamber ready to rock and roll. If I can't bust one with three shots, I don't deserve to kill one anyway. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I, I have an Alps one as well. Um, I, switching to a Turkey vest was a game changer for me. I'm not a super advanced turkey hunter um probably hunted them for like five or six years now and just like like you said getting like sitting in a blind all day is just so not my style for turkey season i love it for deer season and i'll sit there all day waiting on a deer to come through um all the time like i I love like peak rut in a tree stand more than like i can even explain but for some reason once i'm there's that the the adventure aspect of running gun turkey hunting because you're just yeah. constantly you know locating moving there's it's high action um if you haven't started turkey hunting yet and uh you know a lot of the listeners here are getting into something or they're trying to find um new ways to help them get better at something because they are at, at a beginner level i i think like just dive right into running gun man it's just so much fun because you, you're going to see and hear so much more than if you just sit in a blind for, for for six hours or something you know i just think it's a lot more fun to way to turkey hunt and i will say most of the people I, I don't really know that i've talked to through podcasts i've talked to a lot of turkey hunters they're all moving. That's how you get your, your bird sightings up, which if you can't see birds, you're not going to shoot them. Right. Like that's, you just got to move. So, um, let's talk a little bit about your, your calling strategies throughout the day, you know, and, and that, those early morning hours, what's your strategy to get birds from the roost and then to get them moving your direction. If you've located one. Well, the first thing we're going to do is when we hop out of the truck and we generally know where, you know, we've seen turkeys, uh, work the field, you know, maybe in the early or late winter, uh, really early spring, maybe before turkey season comes in, because Kentucky turkey season comes in late, man. It comes in second weekend of April, and you only got three and a half weeks to hunt them. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you you got to – that's why, like last year, I was, I was able to hunt every single day just because it was so short of a season. But, um, you know, I can remember, you know, trying to pattern turkeys out uh, just based off movement, you know, at certain farms that I had back home. Um, you know, but for me – when we get out and we're starting to walk, like for example, if we have, if, if it's, a, if it's an area, obviously we have no idea where we're hunting. It's the first time we're hunting it. 
And we know there's birds there, though. We're obviously, we're starting off with a owl hoot. You know, just the standard, oh, oh, oh. just keep on going in nine times out of ten. Um, one's going to holler back at you. You know, if one's in the area, if you got it at the right time, you don't want to do it too soon. You know, a lot of guys, they see as soon as they start to see the day break a little bit, uh, when the sky starts to change a little mm-hmm. bit, that's when okay, let's start hooting out. No, just, just, just wait a minute. The thing about I've learned, the first one thing I've learned about turkey hunting is that you got to be a patient dude to be able to turkey hunt. And from calling to when to move versus when not to move, I mean, you got to be calm, cool, and collective and know your surroundings more than I think in any other style of hunting, uh, especially if you're going to go with the run and gun attack because you're going after the bird into its territory. It's on its home turf. You know, it's not, you're not sitting there trying to bait it, you know, 500 yards away, you know, from the roost. You're just trying to get it to fly down uh, and hopefully not get seen. And, yeah. I mean, the turkey has the advantage in pretty uh, much anything, you know, yeah, sight, uh, th- their sight's unreal. They can fly and get out quickly. It's like they, they can, they can move a lot faster than you can. Uh, their hearing is just incredible. And, and so really like staying still is, is so critical. Um, and, and, and any amount. And I think, I think the other thing, I think a lot of people overcall too, kind of like what you're saying oh, yeah. of just like I, getting after it. That's my, that was my biggest mistake when I was first getting into it was that I was like, uh, like it's, it's the overall excitement that you hear from the bird. And that's what got me hooked on Turkey on was that just to hear the roar of the, uh, of the, the gobble back yeah. at you after you called and it's like, Oh, shit, it hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it hurt that yeah. Man. And uh, so that was what's always for me was I was like, man, I got to keep calling. You don't know I'm here. And it took me it took me a long time to sit there and just say, man, as soon as you get it into, you know, a certain range, a certain pitch you hear in, in your in your head, let it work itself. You know, yeah. you got its curiosity. You know, you had its you had its curiosity when you were hooting like an owl. And now you got your soft yelps and it's hollering back at you a couple of times. Now you have its attention. Mm-hmm. It's blown down. It's in the area. Maybe a couple, couple soft yelps here and there with your slate call, or if you're a mouth call guy, maybe a couple soft yelps or a purr here and there. But other than that, dude, shut up. Just yeah, just be quiet. So on those first yeah. calls to get them coming towards you, uh, are you doing yeah. like fly down cackles? Or are you just what, what? What's your approach I'm, there? I'm just just with a soft yelp. I, I'm mostly a yelper, and when it comes to mouth calls, especially, I'm I'm still learning. You know how to cut. You know right. Yeah. Or, yeah. Because I don't want to go out there and I, I don't want to do something that I'm not, you know, comfortable with. So that's the one thing I will say about turkey hunting that I learned is that know what you know your style and don't try to do too much. Yeah. Because I think when you try to do too much, you're starting to do stuff that you've never done before. Obviously, you're out there to learn each and every time and you learn something new each and every time that you go. But don't if you've never, ever, ever experienced, you know, fanning before. Mm-hmm. Don't go out there your first time expand, you know, expecting to fan a bird and be able to kill it perfectly. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not going to happen. Same thing with calling. And for me, dude, it's just a soft yelp, some purrs, and maybe a couple cuts here and there on the uh, on a slate call. Now I can I can cut pretty good on a slate call, mm-hmm. and I can also cut pretty good now with a mouth call after a uh, summer and a fall of practicing and uh, annoying annoying my roommates to death with it. But uh, So I'm actually excited to get back out there, you know, and uh, experience with some different calls. I have um, one of the, the calls that I run uh, is made by a guy named Mark Shortridge back in Paintsville, Kentucky, where I'm from. Uh, uh, cool enough, he was actually one of my high school teachers, and he's, uh, you know, a state champion turkey caller uh, here in the state of Kentucky. So he makes some great calls. He's got some – 
some great straight up, you know, V cuts. And then he's got some different styles where I've never even seen before. And I'm like, well, how in the world do you, how in the world do you, you know, do you talk with this? And he's like, well, you got to put your mouth here and there. I'm like, oh, bless <laughs> this is, this is a little different now, but yeah. How, you know, what's his, uh, what's his brand? We'll put a link to it in the show. I think it's just Mark short Ridge Turkey calls. I okay. think you can find him on, uh, find him on Facebook and, and, uh, certain, I think it's just Facebook. You can find him on. Yeah, no, we'll find him. We'll put a link to it in, in the show notes to give people or to give him a, hopefully a little business here. All right, man. So I, I totally agree with what you were saying on, um, you know, over to a style. Sometimes I joke or to a call. Sometimes I like I'll, I'll attempt to do so. And I'm a intermediate level caller, if not uh, in between that and beginner, uh, with a mouth call. Yeah. Sometimes I'll try to cut or something. It sounds like I'm choking on my diaphragm and I'm like, did the turkey care? Like how long do I wait to let it reset? (laughs) (laughs) And I, I've talked, I've talked to, um, Becky Humphreys, who's the CEO of the national wild turkey federation about that. And she's like, you know what? Sometimes you'll hear real turkeys that sound terrible. And she says, you know, she she says, don't worry about it. Just keep going and keep calling and have fun with it. But that's true. When you think about it, if you get out in the woods long enough, you'll hear turkeys that you're like, that's the worst turkey hunter I have ever heard in my life. And then sure enough, it's a real bird that'll crest the ridge. And it, it wasn't a turkey hunter. So you know, if you're new to it, I just say, keep going at it. You're going to mess up. That's part of the fun. Um, uh, just getting like, like you said, man, when you get that first response back from when you called, you will not, not be hooked on Turkey hunting. You, it's it. Like you're, you're hooked for life at that point. That's uh, Let's talk about your shotgun setup, man, here. Uh, this was some kind of wind down our Turkey episode here. Cash and I are also going to do a bass fishing episode too, but we're going to talk about the, uh, what kind of shotgun he's using to chase these birds for right now. So this is my, I call it the turkey cannon, not just the turkey. <laughs> uh, these Mossbergs, they kick with, uh, with some vengeance to them. This is just a, uh, you know, a standard Mossberg. Uh, I believe it's a 835. Yeah, it is an 835. I've, I've had this gun for so long. This is my first turkey gun that I got. I actually took the, uh, the stock off and put a pistol grip retractable stock, be able to, uh, fit you just right. Mm-hmm. I also got my true, uh, my true glow red dot on there, man. I'm a big red dot fan and uh pair that up with i think i might switch it up this year because if i have to shoot multiple times my face ain't gonna be able to take it it feels like i break my eye socket every time i'm shooting the three and a half uh double rx uh, winchesters at them but i might size down to a three because this right here could shoot threes or three and a half but yeah um it's shooting softballs at them and to pair it up with the choke i have a kicks choke tube on here you screw screw in and out and it shoots the tightest pattern that I've ever shot with any, with any Turkey load I can put in. And a lot of times too, is you see a lot of guys are like, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta size it up to the right shell. You gotta size it up to the right gun. Well, I can take any shell after I sighted in with the red dot, whether it be a Winchester three and a half or a Winchester or a, uh, uh, something else, three inch, it's going to be right on the money or if not pretty damn near close to it. How, uh, how far out have you patterned it? Uh, I think I got this one sitting in about 80. Whoa. All right. About 80. It touches. I think I, I can get about seven, seven or eight beads at 80. Wow. All right, man. Nice. Nice. Well, dude, this was awesome. Thanks for coming on the show and highlighting a little bit of, um, the gear you're using, but also like being open to, you know, Hey, you know, it's okay if you screw up. That's part of, part of Turkey hunting. I love that message. Part of everything, man. It's part of life. <laughs> dude. You're going to screw up in life, man. Just, yeah. just take it for what it's worth. Learn from it. You know, and uh, the next time you go out, you know, apply what you learned and 
just keep going after it, man. That's the thing about it is there's always the next day to go out there and try it again. Yep, for sure, man. All right, well, dude, dude thanks for uh, thanks for highlighting a, a little bit of your gear. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you, Cash. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Always great to talk to a fellow Kentuckian. Quick reminder to shop for your turkey gear in the show notes. If you're buying through Go Wild, you can use code NWTF10. We're going to give you 10% off of that purchase, and we're going to donate 50% of our proceeds to the National Wild Turkey Federation. This offer is good for all of March 2021. If you're not sure what to pick up, I'm going to drop some recommended products into the show notes myself. You know, we've got a ton of Mossy Oak gear. There's some Rocky boots in there. Again, I call out this InReach Mini because this thing is awesome. But, you know, anything that's purchased with that link, uh, or that code, we're going to donate to the National Wild Turkey Federation. So, you know, give it a go. It's an awesome opportunity to save on something you're going to buy anyways and to raise a little bit of money for one of my favorite nonprofits in the outdoor space. All of the gear that Cash mentioned is also in the show notes. And I just want to thank you all finally here. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. The show is growing like wildfire. I appreciate everybody that's showing the sh- sharing the show with their friends, everybody that's, you know, logging it on Go Wild. All of that stuff is appreciated so, so much. So, all right, guys, that's it for me today. I'm out. Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat, all these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie.